Hello and welcome to the Delco Skate Park Coalition podcast. The Delco Skate Park Coalition is a nonprofit organization of skate enthusiasts, parents, and disability rights advocates looking to build adaptive and inclusive skate parks in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Aaron Lopez, and we are the podcast that covers all things about skateboarding, skate parks, and not just skate parks, but ADA, accessible, adaptive all wheels, and inclusive skate parks in Delco and beyond. I'm stoked to be talking with Johnny and Devin today, both originally from Toby Farms, Pennsylvania. They grew up skateboarding together with Four Wheels Move the Soul, Sean Farnan. Devin, Johnny, thank you so much for being here today. Cool. Thank you. Thank Thank you for the invite. So I'd love to talk a little bit. I mean, we know you're both from Toby Farms, but um, where, where, when did you guys get your first skateboards? I can't remember the exact year, but it was probably like first grade. Uh, and so whatever age that was, but I remember my dad just, my my board just magically appears. So I don't know where he got it, um, but yeah, it was really young when we first started skating. So your dad just comes home one day with a board and like, here you go. Yeah, yeah I probably asked for it or begged, begged for it, but it was more like it, but yeah, but it was really early on. Yeah. I don't remember the year. I always had something with wheels on it for Christmas. So I had, you know, your plastic wax skateboards back in the day. But when I first got my serious skateboard, well, now I won't even say serious. When I first got a semi, almost official, something with the rubber, what's that on the nose guard on it? Nose guard. Back in the day, that was probably, I know for a fact was when, uh, Back to the Future came out. So whatever year that was. Totally. That's when, 1985. It was 85. Yeah. yeah, so it was 85 for sure. So 85, I was probably in, I think we was like in fourth grade, probably. Gotta be fourth grade. Fourth, fifth grade. Anyway, yeah. That's my first official, semi-official skateboard. Besides a little crap. With the metal wheels and the oh the clay wheels, yeah. yeah, yeah that's from back in the day. <laughs> Cause I even had a skateboard that had like a uh this plastic handle thing that it was crazy. But anyway, yeah, I had skate roller skate skateboards, <laughs> but that's before I cared about skateboarding. I didn't start to care until Black uh Back to the Future came out. So did you guys know each other? before you started skateboarding together or did you become friends through skateboarding? Yeah, we knew each other because we all grew up in the same neighborhood. We all went to Catholic school. So we all kind of like hung out because we had to go to the bus stop in the morning around the same people. So we all knew each other. Say yeah, again. And, the, and the funny part about this is we went to different schools. So, you know, he went to a different, we all went to Catholic school. We all went to different schools, but we all had to meet in this meeting area where all the buses would come. And, but, you know, you knew him from the neighborhood, but you would still see him every day. He had different color uniform on, but, you know, I still knew yeah, him. Yeah, we was all part of different school gangs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wore his colors. I had my brown and yellow. I, I was, I was, I was crippling. I was blue. 
<laughs> so when when would you guys get out with your skateboards? Was it after school? Would you start, you know, seeing each other around on your skateboards and just find that connection? So I think most definitely after school, after homework or whatever, because we went to Catholic school. So it wasn't no, it was come home, do homework. And that was that was the first off the top. And then you could get out on your board. But because we all knew each other, we were all hang out at the store. Because if you ever been, you've been to Toby Farms, right? Mm-hmm. So that the very top, when you first come in, there's a line of stores. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, it used to be a candy store, Leo's Hoagie Shop. So all the neighborhood Pizza Capri, all the neighborhood kids used to hang out up there. Everybody. So we all knew each other before even skateboarding. We were, and it was a park. There's a park behind those stores. So where we actually used to start skating when we started getting, started learning tricks and stuff. We'll get into that later. But we all used to hang out at the store, which was also near the bus stop where we all hung out. So after, if we had money, went to the store, got candy, went home, did your homework, then jumped on your board and went and started skating. When you guys um, were out skateboarding, did were there a lot of other kids out skateboarding, or was it just a a couple of you? Like how? What was the scene like at that time in Toby Farms? It was no scene. It was just us. Like we got skateboards. Then again, my reference is Back to the Future, so we was looking for people to tow us on their car. And oh then yeah, would, there's that scene in the movie where he yeah right. he gets on the back. So of the that was our first yeah. movie experience with you know skateboarding. That it was a, something cool you can do versus just pushing to get you know a mode of transportation. So for me, I know Back to the Future was my first uh, reference of anything cool being skate. So we would get people to tow us, any teenagers that had cars, they would tow us up to the store, tow us home, whatever. And then also BMX freestyle was out. So some of us couldn't afford a bike, so skateboarder was the next the next best thing. And right around that same time, you got to remember that. So it did start really small. It was really just a few of us. And over time, I think, over a quick time that you started seeing more or you found out more and more people had other skateboards because we were also just laying down on our boards and just riding down the hill. So it started with that first. So yeah. we had a, a whole lot of people that uh, in the neighborhood. Everybody in the, hood had everybody in the neighborhood had a skateboard. So they would do that part. So, but over time you would find out that, you know, the people that would fall, fall out of the scene because now you had to get up and stand up and start trying tricks. And once people start falling, they just gave up. But in the beginning, when we were just like rod, laying down on the board and, or sitting on the board and just riding down the hill, because Toby Farms is nothing but a hill. Mm-hmm. So you're either going up or down the hill, no matter where you go in Toby Farms. So, yeah, in the beginning, you know, that that crew grew to easily 10 plus. Yeah, it started out 10 plus. Man, I could names me, you, Nook, Steve, Shane. Andre, Ruben, uh, Aaron, pretty much everybody on every street had a skateboard for at least through the summer. From Christmas through the summer, 
to maybe even winter. And then they started to trickle off into the people that really, like he said, like Dev said, that got serious about it. That got like, yo, we start getting magazines. They they opened up this store at the uh, mall. What was that? The Blue the Wave. Wave. The Blue yeah, Wave. When they opened the Wave at the mall and we discovered, whoa, they got pro decks. And then once we start discovering faster and then we got animal chin it was game over then and i think for me that's when it really got serious it's like when we saw animal chin and you actually see what can be done with a skateboard after that i was like okay this this is what this is what i'm this is what i'm going to do it was game over about that right because that that was a really really influential movie for a lot of people they see yeah i still i watch it every probably five years just go back And then they start seeing like, oh, my God, this is possible. There's These are things that I never even conceptualized. And that, you know, right. part of it is just the skate terrain that's right outside your door. Tell me a little bit about how like Animal Chin sort of influenced you guys and to develop your skills on the skate terrain that was accessible to you. Well, the very first opening scene of Animal Chin for me is like when they were at what was called the Wallows and just seeing what they were doing there. It was like, first of all, we didn't have anything like that. At least we didn't find anything. So it was like, okay, how do we even do the stuff that they're even doing? Like, you know, first of all, trying to learn how to ollie, how to grab your board and launch off of anything. You know, so seeing that, and then I think that's when we started to actually realize that, you know, you can do all these tricks. You can do hand plants. I think the first time I really seen hand plants was in Animal Chin. And I was like... I think you used before Animal Chin. You was doing hand plants before Animal Chin. Really? Yeah, because we had the magazines, dog. I can't remember. Then if I did them, they were real. If I did them, they were real sketchy. <laughs> that was good. We were solid before Animal Chin. I think Animal Chin, like, officialized what we was doing. So you guys were out there trying it already. You were seeing what, what was possible. Yeah, we was in the magazines trying yeah. to study the magazines. We was doing, because one of our, like, I live on Woodward. So that was kind of like me. I lived on Woodworth, Mike, Virgil, Steve, Nook lived around the corner. So kind of our street where Woodworth and Elson merged was like our kind of gathering spot. Sean mm-hmm. lived right around the corner. Shane lived around the corner. So they all came to where the two streets met. And there was a hydrant. So everybody used to like run and jump off the hydrant. And what they used to call it, acid drops back in yeah. the day? Yeah. Yeah. They used to like that hydrant was like, even when I go home now, I looked at that hydrant I'm like, man, that hydrant was so little now. But back then, you look at it, like, that hydrant was huge. But anyway, like, our that street was like our one of our first gathering spots. And it's at the bottom of the hill where most people could, like, to, like he said, Toby Farms, nothing but hills. So once you come flying down the hills, you either going one way or the other and most people would go and steve's parents was the only parents that let you in that house to hang out so we kind of always went towards steve's house when we hung out which was down the street from where i stayed so everybody was like acid drop off that fire hydrant uh hand plants in the street all day long like i i sucked at that that was Devin and shane where the hand plant masters i was more of the ollie guy when when you guys are um, starting to develop your skills 
there's kind of a, a scene in Delaware County of other skaters outside Toby Farms that are starting to put together contests and things like that. Um, did you guys ever get out and get involved in some of those contests? Did you take your skating outside of Toby Farms? So the first time was when we did that Fairman's. It's the Fairman's contest. Fairman's. And that's when I, I didn't even, I only knew like the dudes in Brookhaven and some of the cats we went to school with maybe, but like most of the skateboard scene was away from Toby Farms, away from Chester and less white neighborhoods. We didn't have any, like anything in our neighborhood. Even now, Toby Farms was diverse, working class, diverse community, white, black, everybody. But skateboarding didn't really hit Toby Farms like other places. We had to leave Toby Farms. Like, we used to put miles on our skateboards. Like, we used to be a McDay Boulevard, Media, Brookhaven, Parkside, like Grand Run, Springfield. Just yes. trying to find other skaters and other places to skate. That was all it was. Yeah. And we used to find ramps. I remember we found that ramp behind Kmart. I don't know how we got that thing home. That's like five, ten miles in a car. <laughs> so we got that thing home. We got that ramp home on a skateboard and five of us pushing it. I don't even, I still can't imagine how we did that, but we did it. And how long it took, because, you know, you're just walking with it the whole way. <laughs> yeah, well, I know we, yeah, we walked with it on skateboard. On skateboard, right. I wouldn't be surprised if Shane didn't, because Shane was a strong dude. I'm pretty sure he probably carried it part of the way. <laughs> I wouldn't even doubt it. What became of some of your you know, you're leaving Toby Farms to go find places to skate. You're going to, you know, places like Brookhaven, you know, and, and the Fairman's Contest. What what sort of developed from that for you guys? Did you, did you end up doing the contest? Did your skills develop from, you know, going and being around other skaters? I think it more developed just being around ourselves because, I mean, we found other skaters, but we found other skaters in Toby Farms because originally, you know, it was me, Johnny, Shane, and Steve that really became serious. And then we, you know, we soon after found, you know, Sean and his brother, Matt. Then we found the Taylor brothers, which was Chris and Sean. Then there was the McDermott brothers, which is Sean and Mike. Sean, Mike, Brian. It's Brian, Brian, yeah. So, but you know, we just you know, it's like there's more skaters than ever. So, you know, just being around those guys, I think you guys are pushing each other. We were all just pushing each other. So, by the time we got into the scene around other skaters, we already developed our own sense of style and who do we wanted to be as an identity for arm skaters. We were good before when we got to Fairman's without being exposed to the stuff that everybody else. Every last one of us placed in that contest. Every last one of us, which is insane. So I'm I'm proud of us for that because none of us ever had any skate mentors. Everything we learned was from a magazine or from a movie. We didn't have ramps. We didn't have half quarter pikes. Everything we did, we built or we salvaged from something. And every last one of us placed in that contest. 
And I still remember looking at that contest. Like if you look at some of the obstacles there, like I would look at it like it was a, like an alien ship or something. It's like, I can see it, but I don't know what to do with it because we never skated anything like that before. So I would skate around some things to do other things. Right. Like Steve did a wall ride <laughs> and landed. Yeah. He ran up, a he, he went up a lawn train, it was a lawn train next to a wall. So he went up the lawn train, did a wall ride and came down and landed. That was the first and only wall ride that I'm sure he's ever did. <laughs> and landed it. And landed it. I yeah. was like, what's a wall ride anyway? Yeah, we've tried it after the contest, but before then, yeah, yeah, it wasn't even, I couldn't even conceptualize what that would even take. Yeah, so I was proud of us to enter that contest from where we were, and we all placed. And it wasn't like we placed, like, out of some sympathy placement, like a participation trophy. No, we were better than a lot of dudes out there, and we were the only Black dudes out there. So I know for a fact, every time, so when we first got there, you could you felt the cold shoulder, even as kids. But when we left that contest, everybody loved us. Everybody was cool with us after that contest. So that was, yeah, I had a chip on my shoulder that day, but I, I was popping collars after that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you guys would do, you know, for the kids that are out there that maybe don't have access to great skate terrain, what were some of the ways that you guys drove each other? Because as you said, you were good by the time you got to Fairman's. What what were things that you guys were doing where you were developing your skills and becoming the skaters that allowed you to go to a contest and place? One was to have a competitive nature amongst ourselves. It wasn't like an angry competitive nature, like you were vowing for first spot or something like that, because in, in essence, Shane had that, and it was hard to even take him down from something like that. But we still pushed each other. So, you know, in, in, in essence, like you could take the simplest thing like Ollie. So Johnny would learn to Ollie, and he would we set up something simple like a soda can. Johnny would be the first person to Ollie or to order a soda can. Okay, he got that. Can I do that? And he would amp you up to try. He's like, you know, you can do that. I just did it. This is how you do it. And he would kind of coach you through it. And then, you know, once you learn it, next up. And it was just a line of people just doing that. So we would graduate from doing something like that to ollieing over other skateboards. And then who can ollie up a curve or off a curve or anything like that. So everything was almost like incremental and baby steps. But it was like, it was almost like an assembly line, one after another. So actually one person got it. The next person has to do it. So it's almost like we worked, we're not, a, we, we're almost like we worked in a team effort, like we were training each other. So that means in many ways, you guys coached each other. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Without even saying it, because I mean, I wouldn't have known that at the time, but yeah, now looking back. Yeah. And we just, because we loved it so much, you know, back then either, he was either on the street doing something illegal playing basketball or in the house playing video games. Our passion was like, man, I'm going to go fly and mess up my jeans on this skateboard and hurt myself and scream in a shower for some reason, because I got all these scars from skateboarding all day. I love this. (laughs) But yeah, we just something about skateboarding. Like we just latched on to it and it, it just helped us. It kept me out of trouble. I know that for most of my life, I guess. 
<laughs> that right there shook off a lot of people because there's a lot of people that started with us. But yeah, once you started, you know, taking L's and busting your mind and mess, messing up your clothes, first and foremost, you know, after that, you start seeing a lot of few people dwindling off. And then it's like you're saying, yeah, it definitely kept me. I, I, I thank skateboarding for keeping me out of a lot of things. So like a lot of, there's a lot of people in our neighborhood doing a lot of, you know, things that other teenagers will be doing, but you know, not only that I didn't get involved with it, it's like I didn't even know what was going on because I was too busy trying to worry about Ollie. So it sort of kept your focus on developing your skills. That's yeah. where your focus was when you yeah. up. And then you had this really, it sounds like a very supportive group of friends where you guys are coaching each other and you know, setting yeah. for for what you wanted to accomplish. Yeah, we all our friends, we were all like, like Dev said, it was like. Next man up. You ollie up this table because eventually we start ollieing up tables, picnic tables, which was crazy. I remember the first time we ollied up the, the bench at the park. That was like a major feat. But then when we found that launch ramp, we went from ollieing, you know, hitting the launch and ollieing, then doing like method errors. So we was just like, if one person did it, we had to try it. So, you know, and I think a lot of the people that fell off, it takes a lot of heart to skateboard. First, you got to have courage. So you got to be not afraid to go through the air. Then you have to have courage. And to be honest, skateboarding in the hood back in the day was not the cool thing to do, you know. So I, I think we were not worried about being cool. We were focused on, so focused on, like, we had such a love for skateboarding. Like, worrying about being cool did not exist for us, at least for me, I know, at that time. Later on, when I grew up, I probably got more concerned about being cool. But that was like, yeah, we were focused on learning tricks. And I think after Fairman's really, like, cemented in our head how good we were. And I think that really pushed us to the next level. Was that the first time you guys get around another group of skaters at a contest like that and where you start to realize, well, wait a minute, we're really good? I I think that's the first major, like that many people. Yeah. There's been times where we went to Brookhaven and saw some dudes that could do some of the little stuff, and it wasn't major. Uh, but there, I think the contest where people actually had some there was a group of people that had skill set. And then that's when we really like took it to the next level. And I think even our parents even looked at it like, hey, our kid is kind of good at this. So they pay our parents, I think, paid attention too. When they, you know, they were just happy we were probably staying out of trouble. They weren't happy about the holes in our jeans and the messed up. <laughs> And the messed up sneakers from Ollie. But once I think once they saw how good we were, I know for definitely for me, my dad didn't care about skateboard. But once he saw how good I was from that contest, man, he built us a ramp. He ain't had no problem. Like if I needed some wheels or whatever, it was easier to get stuff. Tell me about the ramp that you guys built with your dad. 
What kind of ramp was that? What were the dimensions? It was like a... It's the biggest launch ramp on Earth. It, yeah, it was definitely... He overbuilt it. It was like... <laughs> my And my dad does some engineering stuff, so it was like in between a quarter and a launch. So it was like way too big to be launching because <laughs> when you hit that thing, you were across the street. <laughs> so it was insane. It was big, and yeah, it was definitely done. Because I remember the first few times we all launched, even the first few days, you know, we, we were taking that thing really died. slow and really, yeah, because if you, well, Shane, he attacked it full force, and he almost died doing it. But yeah, when you just look at it, it was just, it's like you didn't know what to do with it. Like, we you know, we thought we were doing some pretty nice and some pretty fine things, like doing, you know, method airs or anything like that off of a regular launch ramp, but you had to be careful with this ramp. The ramps that you guys had access to, I know that the story, Sean tells the story um, in his podcast interview of the effort that went into bringing home that ramp that you guys found behind Kmart. Was that one of the first ramps that you guys had access to? Yeah, that was the first ramp. We, and I want to give a shout out, whoever built that ramp <laughs> and probably went to Kmart and saw that it was gone, we are sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please forgive us for taking your ramp, but just it know did. that your ramp saved some lives. What it went to good use. It went to good use because <laughs> we found that thing up. It was where the truck, where the trucks. The truck bays were. Yeah, it was in the docking bays behind Kmart. Yeah, the docking bays behind Kmart. And we saw that thing and we was like, whoo, this doesn't look used. <laughs> <laughs> Near Kmart, this is actually a, our own animal chin store. When we found that ramp in the field, remember, Dad, mm -hmm. on the side, we found a half pipe in Brookhaven. And we felt like we felt like we were in animal shit. Cause you had it was in a field, you had to go through these bushes and everything, and it was just there. Like this big ramp. And we never seen a ramp before. This is our first ramp. I don't even we had to figure out because it didn't have a regular ladder on thing. So we had to figure out how to get up the thing. Like we never, you know, we from Chester. We don't know how to get up this ramp. So we we found a way, and man, I think we got in trouble because I think we we were supposed to be home by the by the uh, the street lights came on. Yeah, I think we got home after the street lights that day, and we found that ramp. Man, what, that ramp was. What was the the store? Was this like a concrete ramp? No, nah, somebody. This was a wooden half pipe. Yeah, it was a wooden half pipe in a field in Brookhaven. Just in an, I want to say an abandoned, just this random field. Yeah, now like weeds abandoned. and trees, and then there was just this ramp sitting there. Did it sit there for long? Were you guys able to use it a couple times, more than once? Did it become? I want to say it was probably like there, maybe like a year and that year or two, because I think they started building where the field is. Like that field is gone now. It's like giant. It's a grocery store and everything now. So I think they started building eventually because I, I, it was there. And the next thing you know, it was gone. So that was a find. There's a lot of fines, but yeah, that was definitely a find. Were there any particularly 
like crazy things that people tried on like these, like the ramp behind Kmart or like your dad's ramp, Johnny, or the half pipe that really stand out for you guys was like, I, I can't believe one of us tried that and survived. Which ramp was it that we launched over all the bikes? I, that's what I was about to say. That was the one my, I think we did it both, both of the, the launch and my dad's ramp, the one my dad built. Cause we, it was at the park. Yeah, up at the park. So we launched over. Man, it was a bunch of bikes. It was like then every bike in the neighborhood. <laughs> but then we would pick up the picnic tables and put the picnic tables behind the ramp. I think we tried cars. Anything we seen in a movie, like Gleaming the Cube, when Gleaming the Cube came out and he went down a hill and he launched over that car, we tried that too. <laughs> Anything that we saw in a movie. In a video, we tried. Guaranteed. It can be done. <laughs> and we did it. We launched over cars. We probably launched over 20 bikes. Man, we, yeah. yeah. If it was in a movie, we tried. We yeah. were our own hood. <laughs> <stuff now. laughs> Let me ask you this. When you guys are growing up and, you know, you're reading Trans World, you're reading Thrasher Magazine, were there any skaters, you know, because as a skater, there's always, you know, you look at what people are doing, but there's always like one or two folks that you look at and go like, I really like the way they skate. Were there any skaters for you guys that were professional that you, that you saw them skating and you thought, I really love the way they skate. That's, that's a style that I really want to emulate or they're doing things that I really want to try to do. From my end, it was easily even though we barely skated vert, but, you know, I was a super huge Christian Asoy fan, super big Steve Caballero fan. But then when it came to street, like everything that we did, it was uh, Nadis Kaufis and Mark Gonzalez. Why in my mind? Because, you know, to me, they were the biggest Oliers. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I think, I don't know if it was like the Savannah Slammer or one of those contests. It was in Thrasher, though. It was a picture of Nadis eyeing over like this uh, mannequin cow. And it looked like it was 10 feet tall, but he cleared it by like at least three inches. And I was like, man, I got to get that good. So, but yeah, so everything we did, you know, in my mind, it's like, you know, we emulated those guys because they were powerful skaters. They went big, you know, they were daring, you know, they weren't, who knows how, well, they were technical, especially Mark Gonzalez, but as far as like a soul, you know, everything he did was huge. So like when we, when we tried to do things, especially with a launch ramp, it was, Trying to emulate a soy. Yeah. yeah I like I liked soy because he had he had style. Mm -hmm. And I'm a style dude. I like style over anything. I like to look good when I'm in the in the air. So I liked soy because he looked like he was fresh with it. His gear was fresh. He always had the fresh clothes on. So I wanted to be Hasoy from the freshness. Freshness. Uh definitely not as because he was the Ollie King. And I was, I wanted to be an Ollie King. I wanted to Ollie over the world. I, could. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted the Ollies. Like I wanted Ollie to do Ollie. So not as for sure. I, I liked Eric dressing. And I really like, even though it was different, I really like Rodney Mullen. He had style too. He had crazy. Like he, to me, he really is the king of street. Like, Everything he did was street. 
but he was doing it before everybody else. He's the godfather to me, yeah. Yeah, he was like Rodney Mullen was killing it back in the day. Yeah, but he's <laughs> and, and, but he's right. You know, everything that we did, you know, you couldn't just do like a method air over a bike, over a picnic table. Like you had to look good. You had to look like the guys in the magazine. So it wasn't one thing that cleared or even landed. It's, but how did it look? You know, did it look yeah, right? Did you fully tweak? Did you fully tweak that judo air? Did you stick? Did you fully extend your leg out? If you didn't do that, then you need to try again. So, you know, for you guys, um, <clears throat> as you as you get older, you know, because your your skating progresses and you're a tight group, really involved in coaching each other, and it sounds like you form some lifelong friendships through skateboarding. Yeah, do you guys? Um, you know, continue to skate as you get into like your late teens and into your twenties. Cause you know, the eighties gives way to the early nineties when there's really like not a whole lot happening in skateboarding. It's hard to get boards. It's hard to find places to skate. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know for, well, around that time I started getting into girls. So you wouldn't get no action on no skateboard. And that was the problem (laughs) that we had to, to choose back then because yeah. you know being black skaters you know you're almost like an outcast from both sides so you know if you go into an area where there's a predominantly white you know they're looking at this like, hey there's black guys here and then the if you go around where a lot of black people were you know they're looking at it like what are you even doing yeah and, uh, and there and there's a, is a, definitely a dynamic we had to move through to navigate because there was two different worlds you know if we went one especially back in the day but caving was strictly white so and then being from toby farms eventually you had people some of the white families moving out of toby farms so i mean cool it was good that we did know people because we went to school with people in brookhaven trainer or wherever but they were cool with us, but the people with their neighbors didn't know us. So if we came, you know, to knock on their door next to you, know, you know, somebody like, they don't know us. You know, they don't know these five black dudes on skateboards or bikes, because some of us still rode bikes, too, in this neighborhood. So we had to maneuver through a dynamic or, you know, even from the black side, you you can go to your cousin's house in the hood, which is skateboard, and they looking at you like you crazy. Like, what the? Because everybody in the hood, you know, they playing basketball. We roll up on a skateboard. They looking at us crazy. With your but, Christian Soy shirt. Yeah, with our, oh, man, with some air walks on. They don't look nothing like Nikes. But. We did get our respect, though. One, we all could fight. So if one got in the fight, we all got in the fight. So what if we was going to, we was going to fight, you was going to get beat up by these skateboarders for a fact. And I'm sorry, crowd, for getting into the violent part of it, but you got to protect your homies. So if you guys like you're you're tight knit, if because it sounds like the adversity that you faced. Um, it, it, it was kind of across the board for you guys to, to love yeah, skateboarding yeah. and to pursue it and to be committed to it. It was hard to find a place where you felt accepted with it. 
I don't think we looked at it that way. I don't think we were looking for a shit because I don't think we cared. Now, we, we, we knew when we were in certain areas, you can feel the dynamic change, but we didn't care because we were who we were going to be. As long as you didn't touch one of my homies or our friends, everything is gravy. You know, and then eventually people gained their respect. You know, they started to see us. They knew we were good because eventually skateboarding got a little bit a little bit popular. So people start to, oh, oh, they're good. So people eventually left us alone. They didn't really, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, we all eventually went. Me, Sean, Dev, Steve, uh, Matt, Steve. We all went to the same. Shane didn't. Shane went to Chest High. Yeah, he's the only one. After high school, after you guys get out of high school, um, you know, because people change so much between when they start to skateboard, fall in love with it, like when they're in their elementary years. After you guys are out of high school, do you still skateboard? Do you do you hang on to it? Does it go to the wayside? Johnny said you start to get interested in like dating and you're interested in girls. Is there a period of time in your twenties where you're not, <laughs> and you're laughing when you're when you're not um, when you're not skateboarding? You're sort of like stepping away from it. Like you know, is there a period of time when you're thinking like, oh, maybe I'm not going to do this every day? Mm, well, I know it started before. I think probably when when I got my license, it was a wrap. Sean said something about that too. Because then I had more access to clubs and I got in. Well, I will back up. I got into dancing. When when I got more into hip hop and the dancers in hip hop, I wanted to be like the dancers in the videos. So I kind of you couldn't do both. And when I noticed when I went to my first dance and I could dance and I got more action versus on a skateboard, it was over for me. It was like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try this skate. I'm gonna try this dancing thing for a little bit. So that was kind of when I like my skateboard started collecting dust. But that now I kept it in the trunk. That's one thing. Every car that I've ever owned had a skateboard in. You know what I'm saying? I will say that because it kind of makes me think about that. So yeah, I think that like a license is almost like for some people, or especially girls, is like the kryptonite to skateboarding because you've seen it take out because as people got their license in their cars and they started to drift away and then they were just kind of gone. But I didn't have my license. I didn't get my license till like much later. So I kept skating. I did skate through high school. Um, and like he's saying, being in St. James where all the schools came together, I started to, I found other skaters that were, I started skating with guys like uh, Mickey Gonzalez, Don Hopkins, Joe, um, those three guys I met, pretty sure in high school and I skated with them a good deal through high school um, and, you know, started getting into more adventures, started traveling to different places, you know, more Granite Run Mall, started going to, which I think that place was called the Bazaar on Philadelphia Pike. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we skated to there. I don't know how we made it there, but yes, I've been in this area before getting there from like Chester or whatever, but yeah, so I still skated a good deal through high school. Still, you know, still hanging out with Johnny, you know, doing, you know, some clubs and stuff here and there, but I still skated too. So yeah, it was, it. it's just, 
what happened is you start, you know, I guess you evolve into other teams. So they're like, so I still had this team of guys like Johnny and Shane and Steve and those guys. But then I had Mickey and Joe, Don, those guys. I was still, so it was like the same platform still happened in high school. So, you know, you go to school, you go home, do your homework, and then I'm trying to meet those guys. The only problem is they lived over kind of near the Widener campus. So I had to go from Toby Farms all the way that way to skate. It's far. Yeah. Hey, everyone. This is Nick Ludwig. We need concrete skate parks here in Delco, and I'm working with the Delco Skate Park Coalition to help us reach that goal. If you want to find out what you can do to help Delaware County get concrete, ADA-accessible, and inclusive skate parks, please go to our website at www.skatedelco.org and find out how you can support the mission of the Delco Skate Park Coalition. Thanks. Let me ask you guys this, you know, you're, you're so committed to skateboarding and at such a young age, you guys take to it at such a young age. Um, and you, you made skate terrain wherever you could find it. What would it have meant to you and your skateboarding if you had had a concrete skate park to grow up with, if that had been available to you? Man, I know when we went to the skate park when I came home, I was about to cry. I'm about to cry, man. If we had a skate park back in the day, like I said in the video I made, we would have been pro. We'd have been so ridiculous. It had been insane, especially in its current location. If we didn't have to leave Toby Farms to skate a concrete park, oh my goodness. Imagine if we had that park before Farms. Oh my God. Yeah, it's because, you know, like like I said in in, in when we were in the contest, like, there were certain obstacles or transitions and things that was there that I just looked at it and I was like, I know not to even go that way because we didn't have any real experience with that. Mm-hmm. And being if we had a concrete park there that has nice transition, good rails to slide on and all those things, yeah, it would have just elevated us. And then I think it would I think it would have kept more people around our neighborhood skating longer. Yeah. True, it had kept them skating. And then you would have had an automatic introduction to skateboarding. Like if we had a park, when we came up, the next, like my cousin Tony probably would have skated. You know, all the little, the youngsters after us would have skated that park. You know, like if we would, now when we would go home, it would be an upgraded park versus its first park. You know what I'm saying? It'd be an upgrade. We would be going home to see an upgraded version of the park versus a fresh new park. So, um, yeah, it, man, if we had a park back in the day, it'd have been insane. It'd have been crazy. And it sounds like you guys probably would have had that that option to think about going pro. Oh, yeah. It would have been, man, it'd have been so crazy. Yeah, that's all I could say. It'd have been crazy. When you think about a park, um, and so, you know, the the park that's now there in Morillo Park uh, that, that just recently opened, and you think about a park like that, why do you think it's so important, you know, for kids now to have access to that kind of skate terrain? I mean, just based on your own stories, it sounds like 
it, it kept you focused, having your skateboard kept you focused and gave you something to work toward. A park like that in Warlow Park, why is it so important, not just for that community, but for every community to have something like that? It's exactly that. I think the one thing is, is it offers another option. So it's like what John was saying earlier, you know, in our neighborhood, we were coming up is that you either just hung out or you played basketball or one or the other. And a lot of times they might've seen us skating, but we were probably leaving to go to Brookhaven or something like that. So we weren't around some days, but if we had that central hub in Warlow Park, just to skate, you know, it would have had the ability to come and say, maybe I can try that. Or I have, I have a skateboard that my dad got me. I just threw it in the garage. Maybe I'll just sneak down there one day and try something. I think it would have offered that ability. And even people in the other neighborhoods, like in Upland and other parts of Chester, because like I said, the, the thing is access. We didn't have access or even knew that that stuff would even exist. But now they know they say they can just walk for 20 minutes and go into Toby Farms and there's a park there and actually see Johnny, somebody that they know skating there, you know, they have the ability to even say, okay, maybe I can do it too. Yeah, definitely the option. Options are definitely, you know, now that we adults, having an option to choose a direction of what you want to do is awesome. If I had the option to say, man, I've got the skateboard, let me go down to the skate park and try some stuff or try some stuff I see in this video. I have the option to try this or what I've seen in the video and go apply it. Man, it's so crazy if we'd have had that part. It's kind of like when I moved to California and I got to see where all the people we saw in, in the magazines and the movies skate when I moved to San Diego. And the first thing I thought was, if I had this, option like they had a half pipe on the side of the highway in san diego i was like yo if i had that on the side of the 95 man so it's yeah options matter no matter what people who people who sometimes people that are born with options don't understand what op the opportunity of having an option actually means because you just had, you born with so much. And I'm knocking that, you know, blessings to everybody that got options. But you, when you don't have options, man, do you appreciate having the ability to pick something different? Yeah, that, again, when we drove down and saw that skate park, and I don't like getting wet. But that I was raining that day, yeah. <laughs> It was raining really, really hard that day, actually. It was raining hard. Like, you could not even, like, we had to have the wipers on full blast. But I still got out the car. I had to at least walk to have that skate park in our neighborhood that we grew up in, that my grandma's house still there, my aunt still lives there, to still go there and be like, every time I come home now, I'm bringing my skateboard. When you guys are, um, you know, going to different places now, do you both still skateboard? Are you still going to parks and, you know, getting out on your skateboard? 
I don't go out as much. I need to get out more, but I live in Delaware and I do hit a couple of the parks there. There's one in Seventh Street that they call it Seventh Street Park. Um, I prefer that one more, but I do like that park. So yeah, I do go there and skate there when I can. They have another one down in Glasgow. Uh, it's called the, it's across from the YMCA. It's called the Glasgow Park. I like that one, but it's okay. But I do skate when I can. And the one thing I'll say that I like about the Warlow Park that's better than both of those parks is it's in a wooded area in their shade. So where they position that skate park is awesome because when I go to these other parks, it's like especially in the summer, it's just you're just out there baking, you know. And after like 20, 30 minutes, I'm just like I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Gotta go early in the morning. Yeah, so the first thing when I went down there and checked it out, I was like, oh, thank God. They built it under some trees. Johnny, how about you? Are you, so you, you were in San Diego. You got to see a lot of uh, the parks that are out there in California. Yeah, I got a lot. I got to see a lot of the stuff I saw in magazines because I was in the military. So I was stationed in San Diego. So just, and I lived there probably like 15, 16 years. So just when I first got there, just there were parks and ramps everywhere. A lot of them are gone now, actually. Like they're gone because they just anything that was had an empty lot, they had a it had some type of ramp there. But now a lot of it's gone. But they started building uh, concrete parks in different neighborhoods, which is which is cool. But since like. California is crazy. They sue happy. So everything has to have a million permits and it's crazy. But it was cool. Uh, to your original question, I do still skate. I, I have a dog. So we skate every almost every day. Instead of just walking him, I skate with him. I don't hit too many. I don't hit too many parks anymore. Uh, I'm getting a little old. I bust my ass probably like, whoo. It just don't feel the same. <laughs> yeah, I'll second that. Yeah. So I tried. I, I even though I, I I see it, I'm like, ooh, I want to try it. But the after effects, I'm kind of, uh, I might have to leave that for the youngsters. But that's the problem because, like, the same thing is, I'll get out there and try some things, and I'll try. Let's say I'll start kickflipping and start trying heel flips, and the minute I fall, I have to sit down for 15 minutes. And it's like for some odd reason, it just knocks the wind out of me. You know that you've been your lifelong skateboarders through. You you took your skateboard to Korea when you were deployed. Like has skateboarding always been something that kind of kept the ground under your feet? Skateboarding always had some kind of solace to me. You know, even now, you know, most times, you know, you're not skating with any crews anymore. You're skating by yourself. But that's where I can actually think. So sometimes when I did, especially some like most times when I would hit a skate park, I would go early in the morning. I can just kind of sit down there and skate by myself, and it actually. It, it helps me get through things. If you know, it, it, it clears a lot of things in my head. It's almost like, it's almost like, like I like, I like to run. So it's almost the same as running to me where it helps me clear my head and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah same for me. Two things bring me peace, walking my dog and skateboarding. So then I combine the two. I skate with my dog and then it's, <laughs> and it helps. It, skateboarding for me also keeps me young. Yes. You know, it keeps my knees strong. I want to try to skateboard as long as I can. I think I even if I, I think even if I had to sit on the damn skateboard and push myself, I'm probably going to be rolling on them four wheels for a while. 
That's what they say. You know, they, they, I think it's, I think it was a saying that I heard. It's like, you know, you didn't get, you didn't quit skateboarding because you got old. It's like, you got old because you quit skateboarding. So you should always keep that passion with you and do yeah. the things that you enjoy. Like he said in the beginning, it's like, we really enjoy skateboarding. You know, I, I play basketball, football, but I, there is nothing that I've done that can even get close to skateboarding. I, I love skateboarding. People look at me now, my mom look at me now, like, you still skateboard? My dad yep. just said that to me. <laughs> he was like, you still got to skate? I said, like, it's in the trunk. He was like, why? Of all the things that you guys did when you were growing up, like basketball or other kinds of sports, in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't until fairly recently that there was actually a future in skateboarding for a lot of people. It was just something you did because you loved it. And do you think that's one of the reasons, like we, we were not coached when we were kids there, there was, that was unheard of. Um, but we all still skateboard because we love it. Do you think there's a kind of a component of just being able to sort of have it as something that was important to you, that there was almost like no future in it at all when we were growing up that has allowed it to sort of become the thread that, you know, you sort of carry throughout your life. Yeah, I know. Well, again, with us, because we the way we came into it was so different. And the way we discovered it and even like when we were talking about the love and when we touched on the style, we used to go to extreme lengths to have a custom grip tape pattern. Like we would battle having who had the best grip tape pattern, like. So our common thread and that thread of having like the individuality of it, you know, we all had, we all didn't just go buy a Hasoi deck. We all had different decks, you know, we all didn't care about the color. Like I had a hot pink Rob Rob style. Hot pink back in the day was not the fly color to have, <laughs> but we did it anyway. So I think it it helped one, it helped us build our character. And I think because we were able to go so far away from our neighborhood, we ventured out, it forced us to mature as well. So I think a lot of us actually kind of grew up and became mature. I don't want to say we became men on the skateboard, but we matured through skateboarding our relationship mature through skateboarding, how we bond with people through skateboarding. Like we're still super cool with Sean and Matt. Like their family embraced us. Their family is so cool. Like I never look, they're white, but we don't look at them. That's the farmers, you know, they, not a lot of white folks let us in their house back in the day. But I never felt no problem going to their house. It was always cool. We'll sit on the porch, knock on their door anytime. Like we felt welcome. So I think you can take them experience from growing up and relate and apply them to today. And you know, stuff that we went through, but like, oh man, I did that. I went through that when I was a youngster. So it helped us mature a lot faster. And I think if like like you went, you touched on coaching, man, if we had like coaching and stuff like that, 
Oh, if we had the money them dudes making right now, we'd be millionaires right now. I have, I'd be in a video game. Nigel Houston, who? Man. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's like he's saying, but it's like when you compare it to basketball or anything else that other people were doing back then, I think through the eyes of a skater, everything's different. So there was no teammates. There was no camaraderie. There was no coach holding you know, hurtling us together, we formed our own bond with our own friends. We became stronger friends because of skateboarding. And, and we're still cool. And we're all still cool. Like, I just met with, like, Mick and Don and those guys and Joe, the other. That was, like, a, a week or two ago. And, you know, haven't seen some of those guys in years. But, you know, the first thing that we all start talking about is skateboarding. So, and you can look at those guys and know that you went through some things with them. Like, I can look at him. Now, this has been my friend right here since, like he said, the sandbox. But, you know, we've been through a lot of things together. And some of those things is all skateboard related, especially the painful ones. So, when you, again, I'm looking through the eyes of the skaters. Like, I see him. I see Mick. I see Sean. I see all these guys that we skated with because we put in so many hours and just having fun. I mean, you know, you're getting hurt. You're traveling. You're you're pushing for miles and on end with no money in your pocket. But the thing is, you know, you still got your friends with you. And that still happens to this day. Oh, that's so well said. When you guys think about, um, you know, the, the importance of having safe spaces for kids to skate in neighborhoods, tell me why Delaware County really needs to invest in, like, a really good ADA accessible state of the art skate park. When you invest in your kids, you invest in your future. Prime example, as we talking, has he brought up old members? Man, and I and I remember listening to the podcast with uh, Sean. I'm gonna touch on Shane. If Shane, if if we all had access, of course, but our parents had a little. Our parents financial situation was probably better than Shane's. If Shane had access to skate park and the tools to use that skill, because Shane is the most gifted, athletic person I've ever seen on the planet. Even if it's not a skateboard, a bike ramp, that dude could, if it was a bike, he was good at it. Skateboarding, he was good at. I think all that. If he had access to that stuff and had a support system around it, he probably, because he passed away, he would still be here. Our time period, we came in. Yeah, it is what it is. But if we we had access to the park, you know, if it was finances involved, like financial reward, like winning contests back, yeah. And even with that, like if we had skate parks, if there was a skate park there before we even started, we might even see, we might not even been the first. There could have been other skaters that was the older guys, like my brother was older than me. So that, those, that older generation could have been the leaders of that rather than us. So by the time we came in, we've already had a guide to follow we already seen people ride through these parks so it's like he's saying it's like you can start your future by building that now so you know they can start becoming a generational thing of just skateboarding 
that is something you see, and especially, you know, Johnny, like uh, out on some of these older parks in California, you, you see, and now even around here, you know, there's parks like in Lansdale, Quakertown that they've put in, um, where you see a lot of different age groups that are using the park. You see parents skateboarding with their kids. You see, you know, the older generation there, and they, they show them not only, you know, what's possible in the park, but there's a lot of that etiquette that sort of comes with using a skate park yeah like down the, down the street from me is some little kids and they they think it's trippy that i skateboard and then i like one of the parents came out and was like oh she tries and i gave her some tips so she now she does a little the girl does better then i showed her how to ollie and oh man it was game over like they were tripping like man this old dude know how to ollie yeah, you know, I, I used to be kind of good back in the day, youngster. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. And then shout out to all the girls that skate because, you know, when we came up, we didn't see any of that. So I also hope that this park brings some girls out into skateboarding and around toy parks because you only seen them like girls skateboarding in the magazine or you might have heard something to me that was like a unicorn. Because through all the years that I've skated, I've never seen one until YouTube. I don't think I remember seeing a girl skateboard until I got to California. Now, California, all day. Baggies, eh, I, I've never seen Baggies a girl skateboard. But when I went to California, oh, man, that's like, that's an everyday thing. San Diego, that's like Mecca. Like, they skateboarding, surfing, fighting, whatever. Girls in California is a whole different thing over there. It is. It was a great place to grow up and have a skateboard because it was just any, anywhere was your skate terrain. Anywhere. Are you from California? Yeah, yeah. When Ooh. you know my daughter started uh, skateboarding out here and going to some of the places around here where skateboarding's illegal, and it just it, that I think that that's got to change over time because the benefits of skateboarding for especially for young people are enormous. You think about all oh, of yeah, the. Yeah. I mean coping skills, the self-directed, yes. you know, having a goal, meeting that goal and the focus that that takes and, you know, all of And that drive, you learn drive. Drive and aggression, that's right. You learn drive from skateboard. Like, trying to, it took me a long time to kickflip, but I did not give up. You know what I'm saying? It took me a lot, and especially with us because we didn't have any no guides to it. When we learn how to ollie, we actually had to look at pictures. Imagine trying to learn how to do something via pictures, like I ollie through pictures. Man, that was hard. <laughs> we had to go like, look at, oh, his foot is here, his angle, his foot is angled like this, and it's up. Let's try it. Then go back. Then bring the magazine outside. It's like, yeah. look. We're all yeah, on the curve really. looking at the magazine. It says do it like this. Yeah. Yeah. The dedication that it took to learn some of those maneuvers and yeah. the time it was. And, and, the, and the main thing I think, man, they keep, it'll keep these youngsters out of trouble. Trouble. Mm -hmm. that's, that's one thing I know my parents are probably grateful for that it kept me. Cause I was crazy as a youngster, so I know when they when I found when they found something that could keep me focused, they was like, "Yes, 
they had no problem buying a new skateboard or wheels or bearings or whatever because it kept me focused and out of trouble. I think that is a valuable tool. Yeah, and I had to always have to remind my parents the same thing because I was like, you know, I was like, your son doesn't drink and he doesn't smoke and he doesn't do all these things because I was too busy skateboarding. So when all the other people was learning and they was getting a little sip here or trying something there, I was launching off a ramp. That's all I that's all I cared about. I yeah. was like that that other my, stuff did yeah, not matter. That's true. My high was hitting that launch ramp. That was my high. When you guys think about kind of your history in Toby Farms and and all of the things that you accomplished together, are there any things that, you know, adventures or or things that you tried where it really stands out for you as, okay, that was truly one of the craziest things we ever did? Most of the craziest thing I remember always involved Shane. Shane, like, I remember when he ollied down the steps at Widener. And them steps, it's a lot of steps. I don't remember if he made it, but to try it, <laughs> to try it was crazy. But I do remember when we left, he ollied up two steps and crashed. And he didn't have a shirt on and he slid across his chest. And I remember his chest was just pink. And when we rolled, so he tries to Ollie 30 steps. No issue. Ollie two and crashes. I remember when we discovered our own wallows back behind. Because we're because I actually thought the skate park was going to be in that area because when you go down Warlow and where you're going into the park, if you actually make a right, well, you, you can't make a right because there's just bushes and everything. But back there used to be an old pool. Toby Farms used to have a pool back there. So back there in a, where they had the pool, I don't remember how we found it, but they like probably Deb and Sean or somebody they found that concrete area. So then somebody went back there with a lawnmower and hatchet or something. And next thing you know, we all back there with brooms sweeping up everything. And we had our own little wallows thing. It, man, that, I remember that. That That's, yeah. That was one of, and just like Warlow, it was in our neighborhood. It was so now we didn't have to go look for nothing. Everybody knew where we were going to be. So it actually the skate park for us, for me, is the perfect location because it's like, man, this is where our wallows was at. Man, this is where the skate park is at. So it's like, bam, perfect. We said that right when we were down there. We were like, wallows is right over there. It was like, what, 100 feet? Yeah, it's right there. I was like, man, that's so dope. There was a lot with Shane because Shane did take a lot. Like Sean mentioned when Shane asked to drop off that 18 oh, right in front of which is right in front of his house on uh Woolworth. Um, but yeah, it was just always getting out and getting lost because he's reminding me now about you know having stuff in the neighborhood and you know, our parents would know where we were. We would go places like uh the Grand Room Mall, we skate to Springfield Mall. We're so you know, we're miles and miles away from home. And I don't I can't speak for those guys. I didn't have any money on me. 
So it's like, you know, it would take hours to get back home and you didn't have anything to eat, anything to drink all day, all day long. But I do is I started skating. I want to say I was like in the 11th grade with some guys out here in Delaware. And I remember it's like I had to skate from Toby Farms through Chester and then up 9th Street all the way into Claymont to get to Delaware. And then like just skating up there all day. And I found myself and I, I remember the one time I think my aunt saw me on 202 on 202 and she was like I think, and she of course she calls my mom when she gets home and say I think I saw Devin on 202 and she was like how did you get up there and I was like I skated and she was like how and I had to tell her the way on that she told me never do that again but I did it that following weekend and I started skating up there all the time but I think when I think about some of the crazy stuff I did it's like like skating to Delaware a lot and how I got up there, which is just ridiculous. Before yeah. Google Maps. Yeah, it's like, but that I think that affect me to this day because I'm horrible with directions. Like I I can drive place, but without ways or something like that, I'll get lost. But if I skated that, I know exactly where it is, how to get there. So anything on wheels, well, anything on skate wheels, then I know exactly where I'm at and how to get there. But in a car, it's like I'm lost. Is there anything that you guys kind of think about, you know, from from your time together growing up in Toby Farms where you're like, I'm the most proud of that, that we accomplished, you know, whatever it was that made you really proud? So when the, when I first ollied up a picnic table, that was my, that was my I'm the shit moment right there. <laughs> Eyeing up because one, we're short. We're short dudes. So even shorter back then. So even shorter back then. So back then the picnic table was damn near chest height. Yeah, yeah. Cause like we said, Nadis was our, you know, one of our role models. So the Ollie's up something high. Oh yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm the man now. (laughs) (laughs) Devin, how about you? I would probably say my I'm the shit moment, as he put it, is that I kickflip Widener Library steps. I did that. That was skating with Mick and Don and Joe and those guys back then. And I remember doing it because I remember it clearly. I know we were, I was trying it at night and I kept busting my behind. I, it is it's one of those things of, like you said, not being a quitter. It's like, I'm going to get this and I'm not going home until I land it. But, and I finally landed probably after 80 tries. But after that, that's when I was like, yeah, I'm just like the movies. And I felt like I was a pro, even though I wasn't. And then I think when I started to learn how to ollie the handrail, I saw, I remember doing, like when we started trying that, I think when I first started doing that, actually, I learned that around my grandmother's house. I learned it in Chester. But yeah, that's when I started feeling like, okay, I'm advancing. I'm actually getting, you know, a little bit better. So yeah, those are my moments for me. Have you guys gone down to Warlow yet and had a chance to skate the new park that's down there? Johnny, I know you you live out of state, so the day you went, it was raining. Yeah, the day I went, it was raining. It was crazy, so I haven't been back yet because uh, that was just, what, two months ago mm-hmm. when we're in October? Yep. Yeah, that was in October. So the next time I'm home, I'm definitely going to hit I'm definitely going to hit it for sure. Devin, how about you? Have you had a chance to skate there? Yeah, I skated a 
one and a half times. I, I, I remember I, I shot a little video. I sent it to I sent yeah, it to Yeah, he Johnny, did send me a video. But I, my, I lost my phone since then, so that video he he has the only copy now. But I did, and I did like for the little bank. I actually landed. No, I didn't kickflip that. I tried to kickflip and I fell. Uh, but yeah, I tried to do a few things and I skated there. I had a good twenty minutes because I was just cutting through. I was doing something for my mother, and I was like, I am not leaving Toby Farms without going in this park. And it's like he said, always having your board in your trunk. I was like, yeah, I said, I just need about 20, 25 minutes. And I went down there and skated around. And yeah, those those transitions are cut nice. So yeah, I can't wait to get back down there. That's awesome. Well, you guys, I think you have done such an amazing job talking about why a skate park um, in Delaware County and the skate park in Willow Park is so important to the communities that invest in them. And I'm so grateful for you both for taking the time to um, to be here and talk about your skate history. Is there thank anything? you, thank you. Oh yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely. Is there anything else like that you guys think is important for people to know about why we need these parks? Again, we need, we definitely need parks as a part of community recreation. Period. Get out the video games get outside and get some air. So I think skate parks need to be a uh, part of the implementation plan for community recreation. And then you get to build these bonds. Your kids get to build bonds outside of people that they know in the virtual space. Skate parks and building that bond with people. Man, I'm still cool with these dudes like years later. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, Dev, he's the best man at my wedding. I'm gonna be the best man at his. Yeah, and that's the good thing. And it's like I, I only hope that these parks, this park in particular, you know, brings a whole new regiment of skateboarding. You know, I, 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 the the day I went down there, I saw like there was a skateboard there, and then but the kid, he was he was watching basketball. Those kids play basketball. Then he came over and skate because he saw me over there, and I only and he said, "Is that your skateboard?" I said, "Yeah, of course, this is my skateboard." And then he saw me skating and stuff like that, and I said, "Look, man, just just stay at it." I just told him, "I said, stay at it, don't give up." And I just only hope that you get more skaters coming out of Chester or Toby Farms or wherever, and that it builds upon this. Because like I said earlier, you know, just because you're from a particular area, you have this extra option now. You don't have to just do what everybody else is doing. And I think that's something that Johnny, myself, um, Shane, Steve, um, Sean, and all everybody else is, you know, you didn't have to fall into this one uh, uh, this one little bracket of people, you know, you can do your own thing and be proud of it. You know, you can make this skateboarding and make this park your own. I, I love that. And so well said, absolutely. Everything about this interview is so awesome. I can't thank you guys enough for being here today and sharing your cool. story with us. Thank you. We appreciate you. it. Thank really you guys for what you're doing with these skate parks, bringing them to the masses. You know, hopefully we can get out there and help promote more. Especially when I come home, we can do a a, a Shane Memorial Contest at the world. Yeah, buddy. I'm going to come Feeling in with us. Feeling <laughs> that. Can't wait. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll have a seniors division. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I'm going to join that division. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, thank you so much. Cool. Thank Thank you. Hey, this is Jamie Godfrey here. I'm here to find out if you might be interested in supporting our mission of the Delco Skate Park Coalition. If you are, simply go to www.skatedelco.org. Thanks.